You're listening to the Exhibitionist Podcast, hosted by Nicola Reader and brought to you by InspiringExhibitors.com and ProExtra, a wholly owned subsidiary of 12 Man Solutions Limited. Hi there and welcome to episode 29 of the Exhibitionist Podcast. I'm your host Nicola Reader and as always thank you so much for tuning in. No big long intro from me on this episode. We are going straight over to our guests. And this week it's coming to you from Event Tech Live, where we took a number of exhibitors from across the show floor and asked them their thoughts on what their products and services are, how they're helping exhibitors, and what's new and interesting in the world of Event Tech. One thing we will say is obviously we recorded this live at the show, so there is a little bit of background noise, but that's live events for you. But hopefully you'll get some great insight on everything that's new and exciting in event tech. So over to our guests. Uh, my name's Rob Murdoch and I work for Exposure Analytics. So tell me about how your product or service helps exhibitors and event organisers have better events. So we give them a return on marketing investment on the amount of people that come to their stand, how long they spend there, where they go on their stand as well. So it's not just about football, it's about what they're interested in, what movements they make around the stand and, and the exhibition as well. So at Event Tech Live we've got uh, we've covered the hall, the whole area, measuring where people go and how long they spend there. Brilliant. And we're at Event Tech Live at the moment. There's lots of different pieces of tech around. What's the most exciting evolution in tech that you're seeing? I'm, I'm a biased person, so we've introduced some um, stereoscopic cameras for measuring um, engagement and dwell time and also capacity within areas. So you don't really know how many people are there at one time, so we can measure all of that. And um, there's a nice, interesting product coming out with facial recognition for badge scanning. So you use your face as your ID to get your, your badge, and the gentleman's talking tomorrow. Brilliant. And um, where do you think Event Tech is making the most positive impact on the industry? I think making engagement better for the the audience. I think Event Tech's got to help the attendees. It's not. It's, it's going to make the attendees' journey better, make it more enjoyable. Because at the end of the day, you've got to put products out that the attendees want to see. The organisers have got to put good content together. And with this show, it's about technology. And the tech has got to be something the, the, that can engage the audience. Additional question here that you're going to sneak in at the end, but where do you think exhibitors sometimes get it wrong in terms of event tech? Having too much of it, I think, could be could be wrong. You could go, what do I do? What do I do? What do I touch? Um, and also, you know, it's, apps is definitely the wrong thing. Uh, if you've got to ask the audience to do something, sometimes a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Um, but saying that, we, we're doing this copy area of Entech Live. We're using a product company from the Brister with SmartServe, which is fully automated. And then we're putting RFID tags on our cups so they can walk over to our stand and see if they can win some prizes. And it's about getting that customer to come from one area to another, incentivising them to go from one place to another. So giving them a reason to visit a few different places that you want them to go on on their journey? Yes, you, you try to guide the visitor to the right places and having the content is important but also what they want to see. It's really 
interesting because you often see exhibitors sponsoring areas like coffee lounges and networking areas and there's nothing more than my badge on the wall but at least doing it this way you're at least giving them a reason to go somewhere else yes and the, the smart services that the British has got is absolutely fantastic so this we, we've worked in partnership with the smart surf industry news and the three of us have put down put, put together this package that the visitor can come here get their coffee without any interaction with human beings all automated it, it takes a little bit longer but when you're on your stand you want the visitor to stay a bit longer so you can talk to them so we've got staff here talking to people when they're here and also they can get their face printed onto the onto the coffee plate. I'm not sure about getting my face printed on. Brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if you've got, are you going to show any images on your podcast? We will Absolutely do. Absolutely fantastic. I'm very intrigued by your, your face on a, a coffee. Uh, I am now looking at Rob's face on a coffee and it is, yeah, that's pretty impressive. And it's got our logo on it, so it's, it's a double-edged thing. People have been tweeting it, taking photos. Yeah. So it's, it's a very simple solution. And I think technology needs to be simple. So if you make it too complicated, too clunky, it's not going to work. So with our technology putting it out around this show, it took us 15 minutes this morning to put it out. Yeah. And it's there, nice. working. William, well, have a fantastic show, and thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much. My name is uh, Callum Gill. I'm Head of Insight and Innovation at uh, Creative Communications Agency, DRPG. So, Callum, tell us about how your product or service helps exhibitors and event organisers. Well, I suppose from my perspective where I start in the um, communications team is thinking about it from the holistic view. So starting at the very top in understanding the audience, the audience that's going to attend an event, why they're going to go to an exhibition, what they're going to get from a stand, how you measure it and how you communicate with them afterwards. So in nuts and bolts, uh, we do everything from stand design to um, speaker engagement training, so um, stand staff engagement training, right through to measurement technology engagement technology and interaction on the stand um, but for, for our money uh, and what it's all about for us is understanding the audience that is the key thing it's all well and good setting up a stand expecting people to come through but if you haven't thought about who is going to come through and why they're going to come through you're not going to get good foot, footfall and you're not going to get good ROI from your exhibition stand I so love that answer <laughs> all the exhibitors we work with a lot of the exhibitors we work don't go to that very kind of crucial point at the beginning of the process to think what is it that I'm trying to achieve who do I want to meet so where do you think exhibitors are maybe going wrong some of the time when they don't understand who it is they're trying to talk to there's a couple of things and, and probably one of the prominent ones that we see again and again is the assumption that simply because you've been to an exhibition before uh, or it's an exhibition in your industry you should be there uh, and you should be doing it uh, and that's your main reason for winding up there and for building something which always has a knock-on effect of subsequently not putting the right people there uh, sometimes a junior marketing team might go people have been in the industry for a couple of months maybe because it's not a very glamorous position to be standing on the stand all day and getting these interactions and my CEO uh, Dale Parmenter who runs DRPG once made the bold statement that if your own CEO isn't willing to get on the exhibition stand you probably shouldn't be at the exhibition uh, because you're not going to get you're not showing that level of respect to the audience who are, who are going through and of course it doesn't have to be the CEO but a little bit of identification of 
why you're going in the first place and who's going to be there goes a long way and we don't see that too often there's also an instance or instances that we've seen quite a few times of it sort of being an interstand competitor um, uh, competition if you like between them and the who's got the biggest stand the flashiest stand with the most bells and whistles and that's not a good way to approach presence at an event which will cost your business a lot of money year on year on year and there are absolute crucial reasons why you should be at these events and showing off to your competitors definitely isn't one of them yeah such a great point it isn't often the biggest stands that are the best it's just the ones that spend the most rather than actually really understanding what the USP is what the proposition is so so we're here today at Eventec Live surrounded by lots of new technology lots of tools lots of toys what have you seen that's really exciting you in the tech arena at the moment so so it's a company that we work with uh, and whose technology we build into our own native app uh, but there's a, there's some guys here from uh, Crowd Connected and effectively what we're talking about there is using mobile devices and beacons to measure um, delegate or attendee uh, footfall movement and interaction around spaces. The biggest issue that we always see with this type of interaction, this type of space, is that measurement is often linked to stand interactions. So you have to scan a badge, you have to take those details down and all that kind of stuff. When in reality, what you should that should just be organic. It should just be happening in the background. You should know whether people have come because of the nature of how they downloaded the app to get to the event. And it's, a, it's something that we have to labor more often with clients than I would like. Um, so we speak to a client, they'll be attending an exhibition, they'll be putting a stand in, and they'll be largely unconcerned with what they're doing personally to measure the quality of people who come to it, what their value is to the organization, beyond scanning the badge or whatever flavor of the month interaction technology you can scan or tap together or whatever it is. And in reality, you should be delivering hard metrics based on movement around the entire arena, dwell time at different organizations, your competitors organized stands as well. Because you can get all that data and all it takes is building the right technology into an app. In terms of the future, um, what we're going to start to see more and more of, and I actually just did a uh, talk about this, is virtual delegates attending exhibitions. And, and I'm not talking about roving iPads on screens and, uh, uh, and segways or anything like that. I'm talking about them being physically elsewhere and you being able to view and see them through mixed reality or virtual reality devices and then having similar experiences to you. And this is only going to increase as technologies like Microsoft HoloLens with their holoportation suite and more commercially, Facebook Spaces, where you get cartoonish avatars of yourself that can be viewed in AR, start to become more prominent in wider society, they're going to start to be seen as must-haves in exhibition spaces. So that's people at events that aren't really at events. Exactly right, yeah. And um, we've long talked about the um, very poor secondary experience that you get from streaming events or hybridised events, as we call them, because effectively what you're asking people to do is view an event like a TV programme without designing it with the engagement level of a TV programme. What these technologies will allow us to do is be present in a separate, slightly offset world to the actual people who are here in the real space that can have meaningful and real interactions in that digital world. And 
the technology is being built all around us daily. There are systems already at the moment that are mapping in, in augmented reality entire city systems, including hotels. So you can hold your phone up over hotel windows, tap the window on your phone, see inside the room, see whether it's free, see whether it's available. This type of technology is growing daily and will bleed into this space. So people will expect to be able to come into an exhibition and hold up their phone and have an augmented reality interaction with your stand. And they'll also be expect to be there, be able to be there virtually. Say if they're in South Africa and Event Tech Live's happening in London, they might want to be here and they'll expect to have that next level of virtual interaction, not just through a screen, which becomes very boring very quickly. So back in today's world, what would be the one piece of tech that you said would say exhibitors must invest in for a great exhibition? Um, I would say at the moment people need to get their augmented reality strategies in order today because the technology exists today and is being used on a massive scale today. In fact, you, if you go into any shop or, or, or supermarket, you can hold your phone over um, a pack of sausages and you'll find out whether it's cheaper in Tesco's, Sainsbury's or Asda, um, whatever, whatever it is, whatever shop that you're comparing it to. People now, very soon, like we're t talking less than a year will expect to come to exhibitions and simply be able to hold their phone over your stand and interact with it through their own devices. We're seeing a lot of people build AR interactions that are on stand. So you hold up an iPad or a device that's given to you by the um, stand staff to do something with and that's fine but eventually and very soon we're going to get to the point that people are just going to expect to be able to do that with their own phones, with their own devices. It doesn't cost a lot to invest in it now and the things that you can do with it really are magical and they really do up the engagement level and going right back to the beginning of our conversation where we talked about your CEO being present at the event he could be there via augmented reality and he could even be there live via augmented reality at certain points so get that strategy in order today would be my best piece of advice brilliant thank you very much indeed very welcome so uh, my name's Chris Wixon, I'm one of the co-founders of Accru, um, and earlier this year we were acquired by a US marketing technology company called Integrate, so I'm now the general manager for the event solution within Integrate. So Accru is an event lead management um, solution, uh, which effectively means we've built a universal solution for lead capture for the exhibitor. So the way we did, we're, we're different to your traditional scanners and apps and business cards is we think that creates a lot of headaches for exhibitors because the reality is if you're a company that does lots of shows, at every single show you go to, you have to use a different system for lead capture, which is the primary reason you're there. And the output of those systems is always invariably a spreadsheet at best. No one often can remember who spoke to who or what the context of the conversation was. There's always long delays in getting those spreadsheets back into the systems to follow up. So we've basically been solving that problem. So we provide a universal solution that's used on the exhibitor's own devices, um, completely customized for them, integrated back into their marketing CRM systems. So really streamline that whole lead capture process from end to end. Um, and that's, that's what we do. Absolutely, I say this all the time. If our listeners could see me now, I am nodding my head in agreement. And it is that lead capture that is absolutely essential for exhibitors. Absolutely, and it is archaic. It, unfortunately, like 2019, I was at a show last week where we were exhibiting, and we were given two bricks, which were scanners, and there was a bit of paper next to them saying, uh, we'll do our best to get the leads back to you in three days, but we can't guarantee it. 
it said we can't guarantee the scanner will work and if it doesn't it's not our fault and if you lose it you've got to pay us 500 pounds and this is 2019 and that was a marketing technology event um, now we, yeah, and that's but that's you know not too dissimilar to a lot of the shows today. You know, people, it's just the status quo. People rent scanners, or even with some of the nice event apps, where it is a good mobile experience. The challenge is still, it's for that one show. So I've still got to go in somewhere and download a spreadsheet of data and try and piece it together and get it back into my systems. So in terms of a crew, what's the sort of information that exhibitors can get back out of the system that would be useful for them? So the crucial bit with the crew is um, the qualifying questions. So once you capture the contact details, so whether that's scanning a badge um, and we can interact with the event system so we can retrieve the contact details, um, we can scan and transcribe business cards. So that's kind of the contact side. And then the important stuff is the qualifying information. So um, yeah, what are they there for? Are they um, what profile, what products are they interested in? Uh, can I get their consent and be in charge of my own compliance and opt-in in the app? So the customer configures all of that themselves, and that is mapped back into their marketing and CRM systems in real time. So they don't have to stare at spreadsheets the day after the event or chase sales reps and business cards. Those leads have already been routed to the right place um, and ready for follow-up. So a hot lead that's qualified and is ready to go, you know, sales reps ringing them the next day. Hey, I know you spoke to my colleague at the show and this is what you spoke about, let's talk. Um, the cold leads who um, just browsing, that's okay, you can just put them into marketing and send them a marketing type email. So it's a much more intelligent approach to uh, lead capture. Sounds brilliant. So in terms of how exhibitors can actually access a crew, do they have to do it through their event management company or could a single exhibitor just come to you and use your platform? Yeah, very much the latter. So we purely sell to end user exhibitors, mainly mid-market and enterprise type companies who are doing lots of events uh, where they want to bring their own solution in-house. Uh, so that's how it's sold in rather than through the organiser. So it's more like our customers take our products and sh their shows and then we're able to plug, in most cases, our system into the event system so they can still scan a badge to retrieve the attendance details. So does an exhibitor have to have their own CRM system? I'm thinking some smaller exhibitors might not be big enough to have that. The, uh, our dashboards can act as a, a, a form of an um, event CRM because all the leads do sync back there. Um, and then you can always download it as a spreadsheet CSV if, if there is no CRM. Ideally, we do integrate into their marketing automation and CRM systems though. So as I say, most of our customers are generally on the larger organisations um, who are doing lots of events. So anybody out there listening will know that we are absolute evangelists for lead capture and we think it's at the heart of everything that exhibitors do. So it's fantastic to talk to you who is putting the exhibitor really at the heart of that rather than the event management company. It's really what I've been my big bugbear with the events industry over the last few years is that I don't think um, organisers place exhibitors first. I think exhibitors are often treated, despite being the paying customer, are often forced um, to use systems, to use tools. I had a, I wrote a blog post recently, a senior global events director tell me she feels like she's held to ransom at every event she does because she pays 50, 100k to exhibit and then two weeks before she has to pay some more money to rent scanners or access the app for the very reason she's exhibiting. Um, so we're trying to like change that because I think it is a, that is it feels the wrong way around to me. 
So I think it's really interesting. We have spoken to a couple of event management software or lead capture companies today, and it's great that they can talk to us about everything that they're doing on behalf of an event manager. But they've actually asked us for a little bit of feedback around what do exhibitors really need and want out of lead capture and asked us to help them get inside the heads of exhibitors. It's it's not always something that we see from those software companies. Yeah, we're coming at it from the other way. We've always built the products through the lens of the exhibitor, the B2B marketer, rather than for the organiser, which has meant we've kind of collided a little bit with the industry a few times, but um, ultimately I think the paying customer, the exhibitor, is the one with the power, so they should it should improve for them. Yeah, and I think there'll always be a place for a range of solutions in lead capture. There'll be people who are looking for a very robust uh, platform like yours, where they've got a plan and the resource to follow up more in a more sophisticated way. There'll be some exhibitors where a scanner from the event manager is perfectly fine for everything they need. So it's good that there's a place for all of the providers in the marketplace. If you're a company that only does two or three shows a year and you're happy with just downloading a spreadsheet afterwards, then great, that's absolutely fine. But to say, for the companies who view events as a really key part of a broader um, set of channels and activity and are doing sophisticated things with lead data anyway in their marketing automation CRM, these are, this is where we're really solving for. So obviously you're involved in the lead capture and data generation side of exhibitions and events, but what else are you seeing coming through in event tech that you're really excited about? Um, so I think what's going on in the broader marketing technology space is often at odds with what's going on in the event technology space. And I actually think these two worlds are set to collide and overlap in a positive way. So, and I just think particularly in B2B when the buyer journey now in B2B is not linear. You know, it, it requires 18, 24, 30 touch points with the prospects to get them to engage. And that could be online, could be via some content, display, um, you know, via LinkedIn, via social, and events are a really important part of that. So actually I think technology that is helping to bring all these worlds together and make it easier for companies to realize that, okay, this person downloaded a white paper on our website, we then met them at a trade show, maybe they then came to one of our dinners we ran, maybe they then filled in a form on our website. Companies that are helping join all that up so that as a B2B marketer you've got a much broader view. That's where I think the future direction is going and that's where I think there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. Events has to fit into that. Otherwise, we're going to see CMOs looking at event budgets and saying, well, events are still the only channel where you can't prove to me why it works because I can do that in every other digital channel. So the events industry, I think, has to get in, in line with that. Otherwise, we're going to start to see exhibitors shifting budgets to running their own events, which would be okay, but also if they start shifting those budgets towards paid online channels, that will hurt the industry. So it's interesting to hear you talk about events and exhibitions as part of a strategic marketing plan. We have clients we work with where an event happens or an exhibition outside of anything else that they're doing in terms of marketing and we try and advise them that really a client or a customer of theirs, it shouldn't be the first time they contact them at an event, it's just an extension of other pieces of marketing communication and content that they'll already have seen from an organisation. Well, we're working on some uh, developments at the moment, particularly with 5G coming, improving um, you know, Wi-Fi connections being able to surface a lot of that information in real time. So I scan your badge at a show, I can instantly look up you as a person and an account in my CRM and databases. Maybe we already know you. Maybe you're a live prospect who's just come in and almost close to signing the contract. I should know that as a sales rep. 
uh, or you're an existing customer and I want to know that whereas today it's very one way um, so like yeah there's no ability to look up so that's some of the things we can work on to try and join up those campaigns and just finally where do you think tech is having the most positive impact on our industry um, well I guess a decade ago or maybe longer now people predicted that um, virtual events and things like that would start to eat into the live events industry and thankfully for all of us that is not the case it's gone the other way and I think technology now is just making events better and more powerful um, I do think there is arguably um, there's obviously a lot of event tech now and it's a bit like the marketing technology space where there's thousands of vendors now and it's getting harder for companies to realize what they should be using where and what the best use case of it. So I think as things settle down in the next few years, there might be some consolidation. And um, But ultimately, I think events with a great tech, um, tech base make it much easier for people to connect, networking to take place, um, people to join up those conversations. So I think ultimately it's technology is only improving events. Yeah, so we shouldn't be talking about how tech replaces face-to-face conversations or events in any way. It's about how tech can enhance those and build on them and make them more powerful. It's not about one or the other or or tech replacing anything we're doing in the the live events and face-to-face area. So, Chris, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you for your time. What is your website address? Where can people find you? Um, so for the next few weeks accrue.com so A-K-K-R-O-O.com uh, and as we become part of, uh, more part of the Integrate organisation Integrate.com is our parent company um, and there's some exciting things happening there so. Good luck with all of that Chris and thank you so much for your time Okay, my name is Mark Jones. I am the CEO and founder of Giant iTab. So, Mark, I think Giant iTab kind of speaks for itself, but tell me a little bit more about what it is that you do. Okay, Giant iTab is effectively a giant interactive tablet. Um, We launched the company back in 2009, pretty much on the back of the success of the smartphone. And we realized that the iPad and the iPhone were going to be fundamentally changing, life-changing in terms of the individual and in terms of B2B and business and B2C. And um, I was working for a large touchscreen manufacturer at the time, doing large format touchscreens. And um, I had a eureka moment at a trade show where half of the people were looking at touchscreens and the other half were on their phone. And sort of decided if I could amalgamate the two into one combined solution, then um, we could have a winning formula. And um, that's proven to be the case. So it basically is everything that your smartphone does, but a hundred times bigger than your smartphone. Exactly right. It's a hundred times bigger or thereabouts, depending on the size of the unit. But yeah, the idea is what we do is we use our large format touchscreen configured to look and feel as a smartphone to magnify a brand experience, to magnify an event experience, and to more importantly, magnify the mobile experience. So we work with people like AB Anro in Holland who use, who use our touchscreen to train their staff and customers and migrate them to mobile banking. So by providing a giant smartphone, they're able to turn that single user into a group experience and turn it into an exhibition where you can attract people onto your stand and you can present to a group of people in one time or in a retail branch of a bank where you want to show people how to use mobile banking or indeed a retail store like Harrods where you want people to go on the website and look at the portfolio of products available. But, you know, a point of interaction, a point of engagement. You know, we all live in a very busy, cluttered world. We're bombarded with messages in left, right and centre. 
So to have a device that people can see, are familiar with, are comfortable with, they already know how to use, is a real winning formula in terms of getting people to interact and engage with your brand. So this week at Event Tech Live, we have seen the giant iTab all over the show floor, and it's been really, really useful for things like looking at floor plans and finding those bits of information that you need. So really useful for all visitors here. But what else is there across the show floor that has caught your eye and is getting you excited this week? I think you know one of the overriding thoughts that I, I see and read about um, as, as you know trying to position our company as thought leaders is that there is an enormous growth in audiovisual technology. Um, and I was reading a report only last week talking about in the next five years every single um, company, every single person, whether it be a school or a charity or an individual, will be involved in audiovisual technology, both on a personal level and a business level. Um, I think they were saying that audiovisual technology is going to be one of the highest growth sectors over the next five years in the world. And the second to that is the events industry. Because in spite of the power of technology and the ability to do a remote conferencing with someone in, you know, for instance, we had a remote conference call with one of our partners in Chicago last night. We were also with them in Los Angeles the week before on a face-to-face -face meeting because face people want to do business with people. You know, I'm very much old school. I like to shake someone's hands. I like to look at the whites of their eyes. I like to see their reaction when I tell them something that I feel is important. And I think that human element is, is, is coming to the fore even more. As technology is driving us to become more insular, there's a need for events to create that interaction, that point of engagement on a personal level and on a one-to-one -one humanistic level. And I think that is such a crucial point when we're thinking about exhibitors and things that we're seeing on the show floor this week. And it's all about enhancing what you're doing face-to-face to face and building on those relationships rather than replacing anything. Oh, absolutely. I'm delighted to hear you say that. Yeah. I mean, the events industry is about creating engagement with your brand, but on a personal level with a one-to-one -one person. And technology is a tool to enable that. It's not a substitute. So it sounds as though you are having a brilliant time at Event Tech Live this week. And really, it's for any exhibitors who are thinking about creating some interaction and some noise and some crowd participation on their and then Giant iTab is a fantastic solution for them to be able to bring to life really some of their websites or content and things that people can get involved in. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've summed it up very, very well. I mean, essentially, the you know the Giant iTab can take any digital content, including apps, run it natively. You can show a website, a PDF, a brochure, a video, a picture gallery. Everybody has digital content. Everybody has their marketing and sales information in a digital format. All we do is we repurpose that on a large format touchscreen Adding touch enables people to interact and to look at that information at their leisure. Um, you know, there's quite a few um, adages going around, one of which at the moment is, you know, people, you know, I was at the airport the other day watching people going up to the screens and touching them. And if it's not touched, they think it's broken, you know, because everybody's expecting it to be touched now. People want to engage and interact. Um, and, you know, and having that smartphone look and, fall, look and feel is so important to overcome that fear factor that people do genuinely have with technology. Uh, it's very easy to adopt, it's very easy to put out there for people to come and have a look at. And that simplicity, that familiarity, 
you know, and as you say already, people already know how to use it. You know, it just enables you to use a technology tool that's very simple to deploy, that's going to have a real benefit and a real positive impact on your exhibition staff. You spend so money on an exhibition space. You know, go that extra mile. Think about that. What else you can do to make your stand stand out from your neighbours? To get that footfall traffic, not to walk past, but to stop come over to your stand and when they are on your stand a point of engagement where you can actually share with them all the delightful information and your love of your brand and your product in a very um, charismatic and very um, familiar way that people will absorb very easily so thank you so much for your time mark we are really excited about giant itab and definitely think it's something worth exhibitors checking out to have a look at how it can enhance the content that they're sharing on their exhibition stand so thank you for your time mark oh thank you so much i mean our website is there for everyone to come and see www.giantitab.com and there's plenty of case studies pictures galleries and lots of things to look, look and see so thank you very much for your time yeah so my, my name is leslie robertson and our organization's open audience so leslie tell me a bit more about open audience and how it is helping engage with visitors for a better experience at live events right well as, as open audience we, we badge ourselves as audience engagement consultants and we build and design uh, i think disruptive digital technology to influence the outcome and the measures within events uh, to, to really chart the delegate journey. So tell me from a visitor experience, what does that actually look like? Right, so I, I think we look at it from two perspectives. One is we're always trying to solve the problem that the event organisers have in the room in the sense of what they're trying to measure, understand, and what, are, what do they think engagement looks like. And then we're also trying to walk in the delegate's shoes in terms of what would good look like from their perspective, what would cause them to get value out of the event, and why would they come back, and why would they recommend the event to their friends? And what do you think value looks like for a delegate? Uh, it's, it's, uh, how long's a piece of string? You've got 200 delegates, you've got, almost got to get into the psyche of 200 delegates. They've all got different profiles, different experiences, been there, seen it, got the t-shirt, newbies, oldies, excited, etc etc and and so to have a, a platform that allows people to really express their views in whatever language our, our big experiences in multilingual events to allow people to have a voice and it be heard by the organizers even if it's just letting the organizers hear your voice that is a win for all of delegates so you've been telling us you've had a fantastic time at event tech live having some great conversations but what's the bit of tech that's getting you really excited at the moment yeah, well, I mean, this is interesting. This is our third year at Event Tech Live, and we've gone from a, a knockoff stand at the, the first one a week before to try it out through to like a proper stand build this time. And, and, and interestingly, the technology I like is a technology I discovered last year where I've been trying to, to talk to clients about the value it brings. It's all about holographic pre presentations. So uh, I'm running an event next year where I'm genuinely going to try it. So if you imagine you're like, I don't know, the three degrees on stand, uh, on stage, you might have two in the room and one who's a hologram coming in from the side. And, and just the way that that can in, in create and change an event, you know, I, I was chatting to the guy about working, I, I do a lot of health, healthcare events, to be able to bring a patient on stage, whether it's their doctor or their specialist, and they might be from two different countries in the world, but to bring them to a conference or a congress on stage to interact in real time. A, from a sustainability perspective and a carbon footprint, that's brilliant. But to be able to demonstrate that you can change and, and, and improve the quality of events in that way, I think it's just really cool. 
And, and if it's cool, then it's probably good value. And, and I just want to do it, and I might even have a go at doing it when the conferences we're running next year, and I, I might even do it on stage. It sounds brilliant, and you're the second person to talk to us today about holograms and augmented reality and how actually for exhibitors they can start to have a CEO on the stand as a hologram who can't be there in person. And it's really starting to change the concepts and the ideas about what's possible for exhibitors at exhibitions and events. Uh, Well, it it can't be a gimmick, so there has to be some real value. We ran a whole congress a couple of weeks ago where it was a healthcare conference, it was hip and knee surgeons. And, and the guy they wanted his keynote was Nadal, the tennis player, but he was in another country uh, because his surgeon was hosting the meeting. Uh, in the end, they got the U2 drummer because his leg and knees and hips had been rebuilt. But had we had the hologram, we could have literally brought Nadal to the event. It was in Madrid. It would have been more relevant and more current because it's a Spanish tennis player. And had I known and remembered about this technology, that's something we could have experimented with. It's so exciting. So where do you think, Leslie, that tech is having the biggest, most positive impact on our industry? For for me and and what we do, it's about measuring the behavioural outcomes. It's about measuring the insight and tracking the delegate journey. So I think people have kind of, it's kind of like a transition where there's still a lot of people which is, well, let's just take Q&A and ask a few polls. But if you can really truly measure the value of an event from a, what did you know a month out, what do you think about, what's your expectations, what would be helpful to learn, and actually be able to track that through the delegate journey and extend it beyond the event, and, and use technology in a way where you may be disrupting the way that events are run. Uh, and, and I think we've got a lot of very good examples where the agenda in the afternoon of a meeting has changed because of the interactivity in the morning. So if, if you can work with an organisation and a team who have got flexibility of thought and, and mind and approach, where they're willing to go with where the audience wants to go, then that disruptive piece is the thing that I think adds most value to an event. Yeah, so you were talking to us before we started recording about how for seminar sessions now you can put up a whole host of topics and let the delegates of the audience decide which are the ones that maybe they want to see and get presented. And from that, we can be really sure that it's delivering the most relevant, the most wanted content to that audience, but also making the audience feel like they're part of it, part of the decision-making that goes into putting together their conference and their event. Well, I think if people go to, I don't know, a finance event or a a medical education event or whatever, it's the same old, same old keynote speakers that have probably seen the presentation in different forms. So to some extent, to make it different and avoid boredom, if nothing else. Uh, the very fact that we worked for an organisation where we were brave enough to say, right, okay, we'll prepare more material than we need, but within a framework of, say, it was breast cancer or whatever. But what we want to do is give the audience the opportunity to choose which sessions are most relevant in the time and drive the Q&A to what the audience wants rather than what the organisation and the, 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 the keynote speakers feel that they want to give to the audience. So why not let the audience suck out the information that they will be they will have that's most relevant to them. So it's kind of like X Factor for conferences? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> oh, no, we need to get an uh, uh, opportunity in conferences. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, we, we, we've dabbled virtual reality or augmented reality with the idea of I've had a go through our, our solution of doing augmented reality voting buttons so that through your phone you can see buttons to vote that are just floating in midair. So you can actually have an audience that, that votes like the golden buzzer of whatever on X Factor. You can actually get the audience to vote through their phone through augmented reality. And I, th- I think that'd be cool. 
I love this idea. So anybody out there listening who wants to implement this idea and go for it, then Leslie and I are your people to sort that out for you. It's easy to do. I've got tech that will allow you to do it, and I'm thinking about how, how to build that into an event without it being seen as a gimmick. My name is Ilish Holosh, and uh, our organization is uh, Jewelbox, my company is. Uh, we're from Hungary, Budapest, um, but also uh, we are an international startup company, uh, startup slash company. Uh, we have partners in the United States and in whole Europe as well. So tell me how Jewelbox is helping organizers and exhibitors have more engaging events. Uh, I guess uh, the point is uh, where you have just said uh, engaging events. So this is what we uh, actually do. We offer um, a web browser-based software that actually uh, involves all the audience at an event, which means that we offer different kind of activities, starting from conference tools such as uh, question and answer um, or live poll sessions, going further till um, I don't know three-dimensional games and so and and so on. The point is that you have to involve the audience and uh, and offer interactivity for them because nowadays it's not enough that you just only have uh, an uh, you just have only an event you need entertainment to offer for your participants and this is what we are good at we are gamificating this is in our dna so as i understand it it's gamification around content at conferences or exhibitions live theaters to get the audience engaged get them participating more and feel part of that presentation that's right that sounds brilliant, but tell me about the bit of tech that is getting you really excited on the show floor this week. Uh, already being here, yeah. Uh, what I, I get really excited is that what I experience is that um, you know we've been previously in um, in trade shows in Britain, uh, United Kingdom. I'm sorry. Uh, a year ago, but not even tech live. And what I've experienced there is that uh, British people try to trade between themselves. And when I was there, they were like, okay, um, it's good that you're here from other side of Europe, but we already have our businesses here. So get out of our side or something like that. And what I experienced here at even tech live is that um, they support so much all the Europeans. And I'm very glad to hear that because it's not like they are doing their own business and get out of it. We are totally involved and this is what I pretty like. Brilliant and where do you think that tech is making the most positive impact on exhibitions and live events? Uh, to be honest I don't really know so what I see is that um, gamification is a total necessity uh, and and uh, it doesn't matter whether uh, people are using our app or a totally different kind it's it's very much important because people need uh, gaming and live sessions so for them it's not anymore enough as previously mentioned just to take part in a conference and, and listen to different kind of uh, um, speech sections and so so gamification is this word that we seem to be throwing around a lot at the moment so give us a really simple explanation of what gamification actually is yeah, uh, I know you've asked for a really simple explanation, but it's pretty, pretty difficult uh, because uh, we are not like what everybody says by definition gamification. What we do uh, and what gamification for us means is that uh, we offer games and the people feel like they are involved and they get everything that is necessary for them uh, to, to feel enjoyed. So this is what we under uh, what we mean under, by saying gamification. Of course, I know the official explanation is so different. 
but we offer scores for everything, even for arriving on time, and they get extra 10 points and so. So uh, this is what we, we call gamification at Dualbox. So it's making content more engaging, more entertaining, and just trying to encourage more delegates and the audience to participate. Exactly. So it sounds fantastic. If people want to know more about Dualbox, where can they find you? Um, our website is dualbox.com and I would suggest to send an email to ilish, dot, uh, uh, ilish at dualbox.com. And that's dualbox, D-U-E-L-B-O-X.com. That's right. Thank you very much. Appreciate the chance. Brilliant. Thank you. Have a great show. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, my name's Greg. I'm, I'm the head of comms for uh, Interprify. So Greg, tell me a little bit more about what Interprify actually does. Absolutely. So um, traditionally, uh, if anyone's used interpreting, they would be familiar with the setup. So you have um, interpreters working at the back of a, of a room um, with delegates going along and listening through um, radio headsets. Interprify is a cloud-based platform. Um, so essentially, the uh, interpreters can be set, uh, based anywhere. Um, and that means uh, for event planners, massive cost savings because they don't need to hire the, the booths and the uh, specialist AV equipment, um, nor do they need to fly in interpreters and pay for accommodation. And it also removes um, the admin and complexity of an event. And that, we see that particularly when uh, you know, it's scaled up to larger events with breakout sessions and so on. So you were talking there mainly about conferences or seminars, but... Would Interprify also work for exhibitors on their own stands where they're wanting somebody to interpret for them? Absolutely. So we see, um, you know, the event, I think we've had a world record event with 102 interpreters working on a single event uh, across 13 languages. But our platform has also been used in much smaller uh, scenarios. So it could be a business negotiation, a board meeting, online uh, meetings, um, and, and indeed exhibitions and, and even tour guides. And how many languages or interpreters do you have access to? Yeah, so we, uh, unlike some of, some of the other um, providers, we work with language service providers, so we can get um, hold of interpreters uh, with specialist knowledge of your subject area, uh, with the right combination of language skills, um, and we're really looking globally when we do that um, with some of the largest language service providers in the world. And I think it's really key there when you were talking about interpreters having that sector expertise and that technical knowledge if they're going to be speaking on behalf of an exhibitor to know the language and the vocabulary that's used in that specific sector. Absolutely. It's something that comes up time and time again. So, you know, often it might be, um, let's say, pharmaceuticals. If you don't have that knowledge, um, the interpreter is either going to have to do a hell of a lot of research or it's just not going to be the quality that you, you would hope to see. So we're surrounded by event tech this week, but where do you think it is having the most positive impact on the events industry overall? Yeah, so I think um, we're seeing a lot more, obviously, engagement um, from event technology, the possibilities of um, getting instant feedback um, and gain, gleaning data for, for constantly improving your event are just um, it, you know, happening on an insane level. Um, I think there's an appreciation that technology can also distract from the experience and I think we're getting much better at sort of picking the right technology uh, for the right audience um, and, um, and we're, we're able to kind of uh, hone in on our audience and, and the technology that might be relevant to them. And I think it's really interesting to hear you talk there about tech being relevant. In the past we have often seen tech being used for tech's sake so it's great to see that the conversation is shifting now and people are starting to really think about 
how is that tech relevant to my product? How is it helping build the proposition or, or tell our brand or product story? That's right. That's right. And, and no one wants to be downloading 15 apps uh, for each event. And in the end, you just you don't see um, the kind of uh, outcome that you would have hoped for. Um, so I think there's, there's definitely a, a bigger appreciation of finding out you know, who your audience is and, and what they're really looking for and, and how, how you can deliver that through technology. So as we go speeding into 2020, what are some of the tech trends that you think will play out as we go into the new year? Yeah, so I think uh, within the industry itself, but also uh, within society itself, uh, we're seeing a much greater appreciation of um, sustainability, um, what we need to do for the environment. Uh, Obviously, events are um, by nature not great for the environment. You know, people traveling uh, often long distances, staying in hotels. Um, and, and obviously food and plastic um, can, can be uh, big uh, kind of wastages. Um, and we're seeing so many great initiatives around that, um, how to make your event more sustainable, how to fly fewer people around and, and, and try to avoid flying at all if possible. Um, so I, th- I think that's something that uh, event agencies are embracing and are going to be, we're going to see a lot more of that um, in 2020, uh, particularly as um, delegates and, and attendees want to see that and they, they, they want to see evidence of uh, sustainable thinking. And taking it right back to the beginning of our conversation, that's where the Interpreify platform is really strong because you're not having to create documents in different languages, you're not having to put interpreters on planes, you're not flying people around the world. So from that perspective, really, really good. That's right. That's absolutely right. And we, we've even um, done a lot of, we've seen a, an uptick in the demand for live streaming events. So you might have an on-site event that's being live streamed to an international audience uh, with real-time uh, simultaneous interpreting. So uh, not only does it remove the need to kind of travel around, but it um, means that you, you can open up your event up to a much, much wider audience who want to hear uh, in-language um, interpreting. So it's really about making interpretation and translation much easier, much more accessible, much more simple for exhibitors, which is, is fantastic. That's right, yeah. So it's been great to hear about your business. So if people want to get in touch of Interpreify, where can they find you? What's your website address? So we're interpreify.com um, and you can also reach us at marketing at interpreify.com. Fantastic. Thank you. We'll have a brilliant rest of the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much. So my name is Panos Mutafis. Uh, I was born and raised in Greece, if you're wondering. <laughs> and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Zimus. So to start off, tell me about your organization and what it is that you do. Sure, so uh, we are focusing a lot on facial recognition and facial analysis technologies. And I'm distinguishing the two because they bring different value and they have different uh, you know, requirements on how you deploy them. So facial recognition allows you to identify a person from a database of faces, whereas facial analysis allows you to detect a face and then you can extract some information about it. For example, you can tell about how they are feeling by analyzing their micro expressions. You can get an idea about their gender, age group, and so forth. So facial recognition, facial analysis, two different things. So tell me which one of those is now starting to be used in exhibitions. Both, they're both being used in different ways. Uh, I can start from the facial recognition first. So where we're seeing this being used the most at the moment is at registration. So when you buy your ticket online, you have the option of uploading your photo 
and opting in for facial recognition. Again, this is optional. And if you do, when you go to pick up your badge, you don't need to bring your ID, you don't need to bring your ticket, you don't need to print anything, just as you approach the check-in station, you're being recognized, the badge is printed and you're good to go. So this makes the experience way smoother, frictionless, and it creates this experience that, okay, I'm, I'm going there and everything is smooth. I can, the journey is completely different. And that's the first thing. So it helps the attendee because at least myself, I'm always stressed about finding the QR code in my phone and the emails and so forth. So it removes the stress out of the entire experience. And in addition, it makes, it eradicates lines. Nobody likes waiting lines. Even organizers, registration, on-site registration is a pain. So not having to worry about that, this is huge. So that's one. Where we don't see used as much, and I think we will start seeing this more and more, is being able to display personalized information. So right now, for example, there are these iPads around the venue here at Event Tech Live, but right now the user has to go and do manual searches. Imagine if I don't, and while I'm approaching one of these information desks, it says, hey panels, your next session is there, or lunch is being served and displays my personalized agenda. And you do the same thing for exhibitors. So when you make an appointment with an exhibitor, they can say they can know who is going to their booth and have all the information ready and personalize their experience. And this creates a very, very nice connection with the person. Yep, so you can definitely see how that would work to speed up queues, cut down on waiting time, and help with that personalization experience of registration. So on the facial analysis side of things, how do you think that's starting to evolve in exhibitions and events? So, uh, again, there are many different ways that you can uh, implement this technology. For example, one of them is sessions. So you can have one camera uh, capturing the entire room and can tell you how many people are there, how engaged they were, how they were feeling by analyzing the micro expressions live, what is the demographic information? We can have a breakdown. So you have all the information with a single camera, which is mind-blowing. We have never seen something like that in the events. And one of the examples I like saying is the following. First of all, you can compare different sessions, how they perform. But just because in one session you might have low engagement rate, it doesn't mean that the session is not good. What you can do, you can see which are the specific groups of people that they were the most engaged, so you can start targeting in a more efficient way. So it allows you to adjust content and adjust how you're targeting your audience. And this brings value for the attendee, the delegate, because then I will be recommended which talks will be the most relevant to me. Instead of having to go through the entire agenda with all the talks, it's very useful for the organizer because it keeps the audience more engaged and more happy. In the exhibition point of view, and we have done many events like that, you can do A-B testing. So in one event you can try something, in the next exhibition you can try something else. And then you can see what works the most. And you have seen exhibitors doing things like bringing puppies for adoption to the day floor, or having ice cream, or having screens and interactive screens and showing people. And these things matter the most. The engagement score, when an exhibitor has an activation which associates their brand with higher costs, is almost always twice as high as everything else. So giving out stuff is not as engaging as being able to associate your brand with something that speaks to people. And unless you have the technology, you will never be able to tell. How can you tell what was the average smile? How was the average thing? You can't tell otherwise. Okay, so if we think about a situation where I'm in an audience watching a session and the camera picks up on my face, could it then 
think about what you've seen at that session and maybe recommend four or five exhibitors that might be useful, might be able to find a, a provide a product or service in that arena. Do we think that it's going to get to that kind of level where it can do those sorts of things? It could get to this level, but this is where we have to be careful about protecting people's privacy. So what you cannot do is have a room of people and try to identify every face in the room. People must give explicit consent before their face is being converted to a biometric signature. And if you do it like that, some people, somebody who is sitting in the audience and didn't provide consent, especially you are forcing them to be scanned. So the way you usually do it, we, we use demographic information when we are doing analysis on a mass scale and we restrict the applications where you have to do recognition to cases where you have one-to-one. Like on the check-in station, is one person that is being taken in at a time and they have the option. On an information desk, you have one person that is being uh, approached in the station at a time, so you, you give them the option. So I can tell that you are really, really passionate about facial recognition, which is fantastic. But what else is there in the event tech world at the moment that you're getting really excited about? Uh, if, if I may, I'm not going to address this question directly, I will address it indirectly. And where I think this whole personalization approach is going. So for example, Event Tech Live has been working with the Grip. Uh, and this has been an amazing experience because without me doing anything, I had the most likely people that I'm interested in, they were recommended to me or I was recommended to them and we were able to connect. So this is one very important aspect, personalization. And what one can do is you can take companies like ours that we're doing the facial analysis, companies like Grip that they're doing the mass making, and you can start combining and then you create a very unique experience for people. So one of the things that I like saying is that when you go online and we use any online service, you and I will go to the same website and what we see is different. Movie recommendations, product recommendations, everything is different and personalized. So we are able online to personalize the experience for billions of people. In the physical world, this is much, much harder. So if we take all of these technologies and we get them together, this is what we will be able to do. We will be able to make thousands of people attending in the event. Each of them will feel spatially unique and appreciated. And that's the value. This is where I see this going. So it's the collaboration of event tech suppliers working together to really bring that personalization together to make it a little bit more meaningful and relevant for delegates. So, um, so thank you so much for spending time with us today, for having a chat. Thank you for clearing up for me, certainly, the difference between facial recognition and facial analysis. I am now much clearer on that. So if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you for some more details, where can they find you? What's your website address? So our website is www.zenus-biometrics.com. Or you can just go on Google and say facial recognition events or something like that where the top result is very easy to find us. And of course, if anybody does need any more details to get in touch with these guys, then please do give us a shout. So have a brilliant rest of the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. So my name is June. I'm from Pigeonhole Life. So June, let's start if you can tell us exactly what Pigeonhole Live does. So uh, Pigeonhole Live is an interactive audience engagement software where you can use it for interactive Q&A, polling, quizzes and surveys for your meetings, ranging from really small meetings all the way to you know, conferences. So thinking about exhibitions and those live theatre areas and seminars around exhibitions, how important is delegate and audience participation to the success of those sessions? 
Yeah, uh, that's a really good question because a lot of the exhibitions nowadays uh, they are uh, somewhat you know intertwined with. Uh, Spots where you have conferences or tracks going on, where a lot of contents are being shared by the speakers, and uh, that's where we really play a part in driving conversations about the industry of that exhibition. Uh, so, using um, pigeonhole for uh, whether it's for interactive Q and A or for polling uh, or for surveys, it helps the audience. Um, you know, aside from going to see all the different exhibitors, uh, they, when they are attending these sessions and learning from the industry experts, they will get to ask really, really good questions and hopefully learn one thing or two uh, from the experts. Um, and uh, you know, tools like Pigeonhole uh, would help to drive um, that, that conversation on stage with, uh, by, by crowdsourcing the questions, crowdsourcing the opinions. And uh, ultimately, you know, um, people on the stage, uh, we always perceive them as the smartest in the industry, but I think a lot of the time it's not the case. Uh, when we have conversations as an industry, even as a visitor, uh, I think that gets a lot more powerful and more meaningful. And we are glad that we are part of the tool that you know can empower such conversations. So it definitely feels like there's a shift at conferences and at exhibitions where delegates and audience want to be more part of what's happening. They don't want to just sit and passively listen to anything anymore. They want to get involved. They want to give their opinion. They want to share their views. So definitely a role to play in, in that audience being more involved. Precisely. So obviously here at Event Tech Live this week, we have had some amazing examples of some new tech that's out on the market. But what's getting you really excited in the uh, arena of event tech at the moment? Um, I think looking at uh, different uh, booths and also across different events that we have been to, I think uh, a lot of the tech are getting a lot more human. Uh, in the past, we might be designing uh, tools that are cool, but a lot of the things that I see today are a lot more human uh, when it comes to the UI and UX of the tool, whether it comes to software or hardware, it's all about um, building a tool that people would use it in the most human way possible. And uh, that's where the real value would come in. And I'm really excited about um, that the shift in the thinking when it comes to designing tools like that. So when you're talking about things being more human, is it that you mean they're become, becoming more intuitive, more easy for all of us to use so we can all get involved rather than them just being tools that do the job but that can be a little bit clunky and a bit, a bit hard to use? Yeah, so like right now, um, if, if uh, five years ago we were to say that uh, we are going to uh, use a networking tool to do business matching before um, the, the exhibition even starts, uh, people would think, uh, it wouldn't work because is, you know, this is just not how we, uh, uh, we approach uh, conversations. I would like to be there in person, uh, shake the hands, look in each other's eyes and we have a connection. Um, but right now, uh, in this day and age, uh, I think it's, the, it's about the timing of how technology has really um, permeates the everyday life, uh, every, every, everyday life of the event professionals and becomes so natural for us to want to look for, out for such tools and, uh, and, and really build meaningful relationships at the exhibitions. And, and the tools that we are seeing today is going to puff our way in a similar fashion for the next uh, stage of uh, exhibitions that we're going to see in the next few years. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. We've been talking to people today about B2B matchmaking and some of the platforms that are available for that. And a few people have said to us, oh, it just feels a bit like a, a dating app. And you know, that's exactly where it's come from. It's that idea of putting people together who have some things in common, who want to have a conversation, who want to start a relationship for business. So it's exactly that kind of arena that it's, it's come from and making things easier and more familiar for us all to participate in. Yeah, precisely. I mean, we are fortunate enough to be living in the days that you know, we can optimize our, um, how we're going to spend our time at the exhibition, uh, at a conference, at a meeting in such impactful way, effective way. Um, previously, we are, we are just living it to chance. Uh, but you know, by, by having tools like that, B2B matching allows us to have all these meetings pre-scheduled, uh, in a way, it's good for everyone because now we've got more time to meet up with the people that we want to talk to. And probably you already have uh, certain uh, things in mind that you want to talk to about this person. And at the end, the, as a result, the, 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 the conversations are a lot more productive and there's always an action item moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think whatever your role is in an exhibition or an event, whether you're an exhibitor, a visitor, an organiser, None of us have the time to just be randomly hoping we meet the people that we can build relationships. We all need and want the tools and processes now that help us meet the right people that can have the most relevant conversations that add the most value to our businesses. Precisely. I mean, from where we come from, uh, Q&A used to be a random thing that uh, if you get lucky, someone for, that raised the hand and go, out up to, go up to the microphone, ask a really good question that everyone's like, oh, that's a really good question that we can learn from the answers provided by experts. But tools like, you know, Pigeonhole Live, uh, um, Slido, Glissa, uh, Vvox at different stages now that you see, um, they all uh, trying to, we are all trying to achieve one goal by, you know, allowing audience to crowdsource the questions, allow them to vote up the questions so that even with the five minutes, the same five minutes or ten minutes uh, of the Q&A time that we get on stage, we are now addressing questions that are the most um, uh, concerned or the most popular among the audience. So this is really uh, what we can look forward to for, for event tech moving forward from here. So it has been fantastic speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. And if people want to find you, what is your website address? Oh, uh, that would be www.pigeonholelive.com. So that's pigeonholelive.com if you want to find out more details about polls and interactive audience participation for your next event. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time as well, Nicola. I'm Udit Lakodia. Enterprise Sales Director for Visibo. We are a all-in-one event success platform. What we do is basically create a cloud of tools that people can use to run, manage uh, events efficiently. So everything from start to finish, um, websites, mobile applications, registration, email marketing solution, networking solutions, engagement solutions, all the way to on-site and analytic solutions behind events. So how do you think your product, your service, is most helping exhibitors and event organizers to have better events? Yeah, so for event organizers, we're giving one-stop shop for pretty much anything and everything, so they don't feel the need to use 10 different platforms, have the reasons to integrate and, you know, data segmentation, so that's very helpful for them to keep everything under one hood. And for exhibitors, there's quite a bit of tools that the system has, even though we're not actively selling to exhibitors as of right now, that is definitely part uh, on our future product roadmap. Right now, you do have the ability for exhibitors to start using our lead retrieval tools, 
uh, that can be deployed on any device, helping them really collect leads, segment audiences, and also from all of our web and mobile app presence for the attendees. There's quite a bit of uh, stops for exhibitors to be published, uh, and we can measure all the click-throughs behind that and understand what the exposure was for a specific exhibitor at a specific event. Okay, and we're at Event Tech Live this week. There are lots of different pieces of technology about. What's the piece of tech that's really getting you most excited in the event world? Apart from your own, of course. I think there's quite a bit of what people are doing now, including even ourselves, that's quite attractive, um, specifically with AI ML, uh, you know, using it to personalize the event attendee experience and the journey. So that's pretty exciting. You know, events have been kind of, uh, you know, one to many is has how people have run it. And now we're trying to redo this with creating that unique experience for you from start to finish, whether it be on the registration side, all the way to the content side of things. You shouldn't see what someone next to you sees that isn't doing the same thing or isn't at the event for the same reason. So, you know, we're trying to remove that generic approach to events and creating much more of a personalized approach. And looking around at exhibitions and how exhibitors use tech, what are some of the things that you think exhibitors get wrong with tech sometimes? There's quite a bit around that. Um, everyone does different things when it comes down to exhibiting at events. Uh, I, I think how people run and manage their boots. Uh, you know, it's always focused on just capturing leads and taking something back home. And, you know, they tend to forget the impression that they might be making about their brand. Uh, so that's something, you know, I go to a lot of events personally, and I wish people focus more on really making that connection in that moment to make that memorable experience that the attendee wants to come back home and connect with you and your product instead of you just always going for the scan, do a little quick two-minute pitch, and get them off and running. And what do you think is the biggest problem that your product, your service, solves for event organizers? So for event organizers, uh, really the one-stop shop is a big part of it, but we are a very data-oriented platform. So at every step of the interaction, whether it be from a registration, the mobile app, the attendee experience products, or the attendee engagement products, we're capturing quite a bit of data, and now we're doing it across a portfolio of events. So if you're an organization that runs 10 to 15 different events, and someone like myself comes to a few of those, how I interacted with you throughout all of those different events can be brought under one hood so you can understand what's more important to me and then finally connect that with the personalization aspect when you do your fifth event that I might be interested in. So that's fantastic for visitors and feeling like they don't have to keep putting in the same sorts of information, that they're getting uh, details that are relevant from the event organizer. It's all, all coming back to that, making that visitor feel like they're more than just a number to an event organizer. Exactly. Brilliant. Well, have a fantastic time. Good luck at the award ceremony tonight. We hope you're a winner. And uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. So hopefully you found that interesting. We tried to get a breadth of subjects covered there from facial recognition to data capture to AV. So hopefully you got a little bit of a taste of everything. 
if you missed anybody's contact details of course do get in touch with us and we'll happily pass those on and also if you want to know a little bit more about what we thought of the show head over to www.inspiringexhibitors.com where there is a blog about our thoughts and we also get a little bit ranty at the end of the blog which is not like us but it'd be great to know your thoughts on what we're ranting about so as Christmas approaches and we're just a few weeks away now, if you're thinking of what to buy that person who loves working in live events, why not pick up a copy of the Exhibitionist book over on our website? And as you know, we donate to the National Literacy Trust for every copy that we sell. So you'll also be doing your bit for charity. So that is it for us from this week. Uh, not much from me, conscious it's been a bit of a longer episode. But as always, you can get in touch with us in the usual ways via the website www.inspiringexhibitors.com or via LinkedIn and Twitter. Have a great couple of weeks getting your plans ready for your live events in 2020 and we'll be back to speak to you soon. Happy exhibitioning. Hop over now to inspiringexhibitors.com to subscribe to our newsletters, blogs and future podcasts keeping you up to date with industry insight. While there, you can also find out more of our book, The Exhibitionist, inspiring trade show excellence. Once again, thank you for listening.